Hello, you're listening to Common Rider with me, a podcast for fans, experts, and newcomers. It's all about Tokusatsu. I'm James Dorrington. You can call me Kip, and I'm your expert. And I'm James Baker. I'm your newcomer. This week, we look at the finale of Common Rider Zero One, episodes 44 and 45. And. Shin. Hello, everyone, and we are here on a momentous episode right now. It is our last episode about Cover Zero One. Oh my god, man, I'm not ready. <laughs> yeah, it's been a minute, right? Oh my god, the journey is finally coming to an end. Well, like you said, yeah. it never ends, though, right? Yes, never over, <laughs> as the belt says. Yeah, and like we'll come back to it with like movies and stuff and like crossovers, sure. But like this is the last time like we're gonna suit up like when like. It's like a normal time, you know? And we've watched the show since the very beginning, which is wild. Wild, bro. Freaking wild. Yeah. My whole life's different from the point when we first started watching yeah. this. It's crazy. No, yeah. Uh, the whole world changed. Literally. <laughs> um, this is more about me than the world, perhaps. But uh, um, the other day, like I was watching the, uh, the music video for uh, Smooth Criminal by Alien Ant Farm. Oh, classic. And, uh, and in that like video, there's like um a, a like kid dancing on the sidewalk, like wearing a like face mask. And I was like, wait, up until like six months ago, that would have been like a really weird thing to do. Yeah. Get a face mask. It is different now, man. Definitely is different. And hey, there's some stuff in the episodes that uh hits a little different just like with what's going on right oh now, too. Oh my god, bro. Can't wait to discuss that part. Man. Uh just uh it's been a wonderful year. We've like had lots of great fans like been on charts like had lots of great like guest list episodes but this right here this um looking at this show and the recap it's like something that's just like been like a really uh, important part of the show and it's so weird to be at the end of it still can't believe it to be honest yeah this show like it let us know it was ending <laughs> well before <laughs> now but damn yeah still don't believe it but um we're talking about um our like lives and like the world around us changing that like we should talk about actually uh you went to a movie theater <laughs> yes i did <laughs> uh yeah it was it wasn't as bad as i thought it would be to be honest but i would i actually saw two movies within a span of a few days um okay my first experience was with new mutants uh i didn't like the movie at all to be honest i fell asleep but oh, uh, really <laughs> i did have my first scare though so amc does this really cool thing like you pick a seat and it automatically like blocks out the next two seats next to you. So it gives you like space okay. in between, you know, uh, people that are checking it out. But uh, <laughs> so I'm sitting down. I got there kind of early because I was so excited to see a movie. It's been like a year almost. But uh, I sit down and this guy like, you know, walks in the aisle. I lift my feet up, you know, typical movie stuff. And he sits directly in the seat next to me in an almost empty theater. I'm like, bro, can you, you can't. At least go down two seats. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, no one's coming. <laughs> like, just give us two seats in between. I would never sit directly beside somebody. But, you know, some people are kind of weird about, I picked this seat, so I'm going to sit here. But it's a pandemic. 
anyways. Yeah, and <laughs> if it's not a pandemic, though, like you still want to <laughs> yes. leave the seat that's just rude. Yes. It's completely open. But uh, I didn't think about it. And then he coughed. And I was like, oh! <laughs> uh. <laughs> and I'm not one of those, like, you know, like, COVID paranoid people. Like, I don't, like, tell people, like, pull up your mask. But that was the one mem- moment that I was like, oh, shit, let me pull mine up. You know what I mean? But uh, Oh, you... Oh, I would not have my mask down near anybody like that. Like, yeah, I would be like, I, after that, I just I just kept it up the whole movie. <laughs> but uh, uh, other than that, it wasn't that bad. They actually clean after every uh, viewing, and uh, they try to their best to create a, a safe environment. How'd you fall asleep when you were next to somebody that was just uh, like coughing? So two things: the movie was horrible. <laughs> okay, okay. But the day before was my friend's birthday party, and it was a lot of drinking going on. So. Mm-hmm. I was kind of hung over and I was like debating whether to go or not. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go ahead and head out. And then I was hung over, but the movie was like the first half was just, I'm like, okay, I see why it took fucking years, literally years for this movie to come out. But uh, yeah, but uh, my second viewing experience was better. Uh, I just got out actually a couple hours from now um, and I saw Tenet and okay, okay. Tenet was great. I like Tenet a lot. So, did you get it, or are you going back? So, I have to love a director that trusts his audience, and mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan didn't hold back. He didn't hold your hand. He didn't explain what the hell was going on. He pretty much started the car, and if you hop in, you hop in. If you want to get off, you get off. But it was one of those kind of movies that's uh, very convoluted in the concepts that they introduce in this film. Takes a while to get used to. I, I haven't really seen time travel discussed in this manner. And that's pretty much what it's about. It's not really spoiling it. It's, it's kind of like a low-key time travel movie. Yeah. Uh, just to prevent the world from going to World War III. Um, The trailer doesn't really say it's time travel, but you get the sense of times involved in it. But it's a time travel. Okay. Yeah. And no, I haven't seen this done like this in a movie ever. So... Whenever you introduce like a new, you know, time travel theory or something like that, then it, it gets kind of confusing because you look at other movies that did it and you compare it to that or the way they did it. And you're like, OK, uh, whatever. It's like learning a new language, kind of. Yeah. Um, I like Chris's. Why did you call him Chris? I, I don't know him. Uh, I don't <laughs> know why I just called him Chris. OK. Uh, well, like tangent, tangent, tangent. Um, so I was uh, <laughs> in college still when they were... Um, starting to like have rumors come out for like X-Men Days of Future Past. Mm-hmm. And there was this uh, guy that um, lived across from the guy that I bought weed from. <laughs> 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 and so he was just like this weird dude that would like uh, all he would do is like come in, spend like $400 on weed and then like make shit up. <laughs> so like his big thing during this time was like he talked about how like he was on Xbox Live talking to like the actors from X Men and how like he knew oh all about like God. what was going on at the casting of the movie because <laughs> he was talking to them on X Men because he was insulting for like the movie and you guys just let him talk you're just like uh huh <laughs> wow because like, he was like randomly saying stuff like yeah like Famica's gonna be in it like Jean Grey's back I was just like okay that okay. is so weird like wow. <laughs> But uh, so that's why I shouldn't call Christopher Nolan Chris because I don't know him. But uh, (laughs) no, I think I um, on the whole, I appreciate that there's like a major big budget director who just isn't part of the main franchise, has the money to like do weird shit. Mm -hmm. And like I like his movies the most part. Um, 
Dunkirk was fine. I really like Batman Begins. Um, Memento is interesting. I like the Prestige. Um, <laughs> though, um, one of the best scenes in any movie ever is in Memento, and um, it's the the main character's like running, but since he has like short term memory loss, he doesn't know if he's chasing someone or being chased. So he mm. turns back around <laughs> to run after the person and then get shot at. And it's like, okay, like I'm being chased. I'm being chased. Yeah, I haven't seen Momento in so long and I own it. So I, I definitely need to rewatch it. But now I remember that. So um, it's kind of like that kind of. Oh, okay. <laughs> kind of like that meets uh, Dark Knight mixed Inception. Like I felt like this was just like a melting pot of stuff he's already done before. And there's like a freaking prestige plot twist now that I think about it. It's like all of his movies in one. Literally, all yeah, of his movies in one. And uh, yeah, the performances are great. Shout out to Robert Pattinson for, you know, delivering again. He's getting a lot of hate for yeah. the Batman. He was dope. John David Washington was dope. Um, and it's not a movie. I always forget his name, bro. <laughs> Who's the guy that plays Alfred? And he's in every single Christopher Nolan movie almost. Michael Caine, I couldn't say it with, like him. I just started <laughs> looking at the issues with, with peanut butter, but no, Michael Caine. Yeah, it's not a Christopher Nolan movie if he's not in it. He he made it appear. So I was like, oh shit. I always call him Alfred. <laughs> you ever see an Ruby's act, the a size actor? of a tangerine. <laughs> you ever see an actor and you just call him by whatever role they played that you remember? Oh, that's a. Yeah. No, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's what it is for me. But yeah, I, I like it. I'm going back Sunday to see it again and. Uh, after we get done potting, I'm going to go watch uh, tons of YouTube videos to kind of understand the theories oh, yeah. and stuff. I got to do that. I always do that with everything. Speaking of like Rob Patterson, though, like, what are your thoughts on like the new Batman stuff? Yo, I actually like it a lot, to be honest. Um, <clears throat> the main thing that I like about it is that it's different. Um, especially like the Riddler. I didn't even know that mm-hmm. was the Riddler first viewing of the trailer. Uh, 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 what's his name? Colin Farrell was unrecognizable as a penguin. Um, oh, okay. I like how Zoe Kravitz was in the cat burglar cat uh, cat costume, and we haven't seen her as Catwoman yet. Um, and yeah, and they did a really, really good with Jeremy Wright as Commissioner Gordon. Um, I did like a quick pod this morning discussing yeah. my thoughts about the trailer, and whenever you do a, uh, a casting of a character that is one race, and then you like do it the other race, yeah, it yeah. kind of doesn't feel right. But that felt right when I saw Commissioner. I'm like, they fucking nailed uh, Commissioner or yeah, Commissioner Gordon. And uh, yeah, I'm so ready. For I mean, out. it depends on the character, I think, because like, yeah, it's one thing like you can't really change Bruce Wayne because he's like so much of his backstory is like being old money and like white versus like Commissioner Gordon's like a working class dude that can be any one really, you know, yeah. like how like oh, Peter Parker factor. could be anyone, you know. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's another factor. Is definitely the role, but they they did a really good job with the cosmetics and the costume. That's what I was trying to say, just the look of them. Yeah, um, I I happened to to notice that there were a lot of a lot of women that were like, "Oh, holy shit!" <laughs> but like when they saw like Robert Pattinson not be super jacked and being like the eyeliner and stuff, like just like a lot of people were like, "Oh, okay, this hits me just right." Oh, like they liked it. Yeah. Um, okay. I like that he seems to be like less actiony and like martially like an expert. Like it's weird because in like 2020, I'm not too keen on like Batman working with the cops and like beating the shit out of people mm-hmm. that are protesting and stuff and rioting. But like 
maybe by the time it's out, like they'll have couched it like enough where like I will be. But yeah, like it looks like a smart movie. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a uh, like a mystery. Um, and the trailer had like a '90s feel to it. And I kept hearing rumors about this film when it was first in development like, that Matt Reeves is trying to go for like a '90s time period, and that's what it felt like. It, um, I saw somebody best describe it as it felt like the movie Seven meets uh, Zodiac, and kind of felt sawish that sometimes too. So I'm looking forward to seeing what's happening. But uh, I, I hope it's not true. But I wouldn't mind if it's true. Something somebody said that Joker may be in it. I don't see a reason to add him in the mix, to be honest. But I sh- I think it should be more of a, a Riddler movie, to be honest. Yeah, I just think that the Joker takes up so much energy and space and like can overshadow people that I almost don't want like the Joker to be like a Batman villain anymore right now because of just like how much he's doing and like other stuff. Or like I would rather be separate to a certain extent. Yeah, I would rather them put that energy into if they do make a Joker too. Versus trying to make a whole nother Joker into the Batman. Yeah. Like in Batman and in the wider like DC, there's so many villains they haven't done a great job with. Like, is there like a good Lex Luthor? Is that like, mm-hmm. is there like a good like Riddler Penguin? Yeah, not really. Um, there's been like seven Jokers that are like each pretty iconic in like cartoons and live action stuff. Um, yeah, and they have so many other villains to play around with, you know? They've never made Brainiac work despite trying real hard, for example. That's like one villain they always tried. Mm-hmm. It seems like, but... Solid yeah, Grande, be decent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd rather spend the energy on the Riddler and the Penguin. To be. Yeah, totally. Maybe some cameos from other villains here and there in the film, but... yeah. What have you been watching? Uh, me? Um, I've been on like a weird kick. Uh, so I... Um, so I've definitely not like a huge like NBA fan, but um, I remember growing up loving the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan. And like part of that was like Space Jam, but I kind of realized after watching the last dance or like (laughs) being partway through, that was just what what it was. Like that was just like what it was in like the the late nineties, you know, (laughs) that was the vibe for sure. Everybody was a Bulls fan. Like casuals was a Bulls fan. Like unless you were like a hardcore and you grew up in a certain city, you're probably a fan of that team. But as a casual, Everybody was a Bulls fan. Everybody. Yeah, and like, uh, there were lots of like Celtic fans like near me too, cause like near Boston. But yeah, like, like even then, like a lot of Bulls fans. And yeah, it's a really compelling show because it's like covering this team. And, um, there's a lot of interesting people. Like, Phil Jackson's really interesting. Like, um, Scotty Pippen and like Dennis Rodman are all like really interesting people. And like, it's so weird that like it's a movie that's like, like clearly, being produced by people connected to Michael like Jordan, but he still comes off like a weird hyper competitive asshole the whole time, like despite like the best efforts to make him not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love like his little interview segments after he show him certain things and get his reaction of like how I felt to do this and that, and you know, just stepping in the mind of Michael Jordan. You know, like growing up watching him play as a kid, you know, he's great, you, you know, you know, everybody has his shoes and everything, but. As a kid, you really don't fully understand his greatness, but as an adult, yeah. you can appreciate a lot more once you know, like, oh, sh- like this dude was really the talk of the world. You know what I mean? Like, and back then, mm-hmm. basketball wasn't as global as it is now, and you, to see him usher in that much attention, and you know, like, pretty much, he was like the Beatles. <laughs> you know, these guys are like the Beatles 
And it, it was it was definitely compelling for sure. There's a point where they um compare him and say like it's like Babe Ruth, Muhammad Ali, and like Michael Jordan, and yeah, that's right. That's like actually right. Mm-hmm. Like, like as far as like cultural impact of like athletes, and yeah, like there, there's always debates of like who's better, like uh, this person or like that person. Like yeah, like maybe modern day like baseball players are better than Babe Ruth, for example. But like, come on, like for you, that era, if you act, yeah, for that era, you got to give them credit. Yeah. Like, that doesn't matter as much as like the impact they're having, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's a real um, cool show. One of my favorite things too was that came out of this uh, show was uh, you probably missed it because you just watched it. it. Was like a lot of stories that came out. It was like saying people were criticizing Michael Jordan for not really standing up for you know like political stances, kind of like what LeBron James yeah. is doing now. I think he made a comment like they wanted him to take somebody's side in a political race, and he was like Republicans buy shoes too. And then he just came off as an asshole. And uh, I did see, like, somebody said, like, Phil Jackson got this guy fired and took his job. <laughs> and uh, it was a lot of heat on the uh, the GM. So that was my, one of my favorite things that yeah. came out of this, just seeing, like, little stories that came out of watching this. It, it's been, like, a meme forever. The one time where, like, he got, like, he got dared, like, if you miss this shot, like, you have to give all these kids Jordans. And then, like, he makes the shot, and it's just like, okay. Mm-hmm. That's where, like, um, the meme, like, fuck them kids comes from. Mm-hmm. That moment, and just, yeah, like, he's just a weird, hyper-competitive, like, person, and he made his mark. Like, he earned it, but also just, like, so weird to see, like, how, like, even the most, like, flattering portrayal can't, like, contain, like, the truth of, like, that kind of stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, and um not gonna talk too much about it, but uh, the expanse, I finally let myself watch <laughs> season four. I'm just starting it out, but I like waited six months. Cause sometimes like you just have a show that's like too good and you're like, I kinda need to like wait till like I'm in the right place for or I need something like real good. So I'm just gonna like save this like a mm-hmm. it's like a dessert. <laughs> yeah, kinda. So I waited like six months for um it's great. Uh I would call The Expanse the best show on television. Oh. Certainly the the wow. best sci-fi show on television. You've been telling me this, and I, I still have yet to sit down and take it in. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like if a hard sci-fi versus like hard fantasy version of like um, Song of Ice and Fire, but if the people making the show were competent. Mm-hmm. It, it very much like speaks to me as somebody that like like sci-fi in space and like it's like a little slow to start but it just does like a great job at like making a like special kind of world like feel real and like feel like impactful that's awesome yeah i'll get around to it eventually but before we get into the pod i, I wanted to uh ask you how'd you take the news of uh chadwick bosman passing uh this that was this tough never... for me bro man yeah tough tough yeah, man. We lost a good one. Yeah. When Black Panther came out, that was 2017, right? 2017, 2018? Sounds right. Like three years ago? Yeah. Um, I was working um, at an independent movie theater maybe like a year or so after um, that movie came out. And what's tough is that um, on top of just like him being like a really great guy who starred in a ton of movies and had like a full run of a career and like the time since he was diagnosed with like 
cancer of just <laughs> he like that movie is on rotation for families at like outdoor screenings like there's tons of people that like found out because they were at like a drive-in thing like post-covid like let's see a movie thing where they were playing black panther and then they found out that like he died and their oh. kids were like oh did, like was he shot did he get corona like what happened mm-hmm. and yeah just uh he has a like uh he has like an amazing place in, in history they should not recast him um he was a major star for like a major like moment for like black film as well just not enough good things to say about him you know yeah and i feel like that film kind of pushed like a renaissance for like representation for african americans in film i feel like that kind of was part of the, the get out vibe you know what i mean like that kind of like pushed it came at the right time yeah yeah it was just around that time bro and um <clears throat> i saw a guy on facebook pretty much nailed the uh hit the nail on the coffin that pretty much summed up how i felt about it like growing up like batman was my favorite superhero still is still is but you know like the wb came out with static shock and i was like oh shit he looks like me you know he's super you know what i mean like we really didn't have a lot of superheroes on television and then when black panther came out bro like that was a movie i left feeling like damn is this how I don't mean to get racial. I'm like, this is how white people feel after they see Captain America. Like, I would be jacked up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I like Captain America, but like, you know, I I don't know, man. Just seeing your seeing your somebody looks like you be super is it hits different. You know what I mean? And yeah, you know, I, it's it's just no other way to explain it. And just to have that, not necessarily taken away from you, but just like have that, just no more of it. Like it's done. You know what I mean? It's it, it's just it's just tough. Very tough. I am served by film and TV like all the time. Like maybe not because like of my like actual like taste or like from like oh like there's so much for that like it's not special. But that movie was special and like to see people like get served that way and just like have that. It was like it was like incredible. Like you had people like out the door in like across the world like. In Europe, in America, like in Canada, in Africa, even and it's just like, oh wow, this is like a major moment, and um, yeah, just I um can't really think of like <laughs> fuck, uh, I can't even imagine. Um, I'm exhausted just thinking about what a tough year it's been, but also what a tough year it's been, bro. Like, it's been even worse if you're black bro. this year. I'm so ready for this shit to be over, like. It's it's just getting worse, bro. Like every month, every month is something, bro. Like it's literally like the worst month of all time, or the worst year of all time. On my for <laughs> for as long as I've been alive, this is <laughs> the worst year of my life, literally. No, <laughs> yeah, and just <laughs> no not something that you need. Just no, yeah, yeah, and uh, it's hard sometimes to uh, just um be put in a situation where there is just uh, this uh, just real feeling of hatred and malice in the world. And it's hard to know what you can do going like towards that. But I think that uh, maybe the, the um, finale of Come to Zero One has some answers for that. Well played, sir.
And we are back, and we are here. Now you're in the in the spoiler zone. We're talking about the end of Comrade Zero One. Uh, but first, I actually wanted to mention I went back and I looked at the first episode of Zero One just to see, and wow, <laughs> the show's <laughs> changed a lot in a year. <laughs> it was so bright and colorful, and like mm-hmm. happy and low key, and just like everything, everything changed. Yeah. 180 bro yeah and uh just like this show um how do you think like your feelings on the show have changed in the past year because it's definitely been a ride i think i think one of the biggest complaints that i had about the show starting out um was it was it felt too kitty <laughs> <laughs> that was probably the biggest difference from <laughs> what it is now so i would say that was probably the biggest change for me how about you no um i was just like worried starting out because i'd like put my claim in the ground and been like okay i'm spending like it, the next year like watching this and like committed to analyzing it there could be nothing here and like it's hard because like you can't really tell when a show starting out its first like 12 episodes it's like they're full of toys and like what are the themes going to be and like the acting is getting better and like you so like th- there were like three months where i was like is this gonna land as like an all right show mm-hmm. but yeah, it just, it felt like the show kept getting better and, like, its actors really slotted into their roles over time. Like, even, like, uh, the um, last year one episode, like, you, um, like, you even said, like, you missed, like, the, um, <laughs> the, like, the workplace competition. Yeah, the Huma Gear, uh, centered, centered episodes. I was, I was missing those. Yeah, because, man, uh, we get into it this time. <laughs> we get into the real, we were talking about, oh, is like the end game here, and the end game is here in force these episodes. <laughs> is it? Ooh. Yeah, and um so the last two episodes of Comrade Zero One are forty four. There's only one person who can stop you, and forty five, the future of each. Now, um <laughs> there's so much going on here that we kinda have to just like go through like like through each episode like separately, but yeah, let's take our time. Got to take our time, man. Last two ep- episodes? Yes. Yeah. This is the one. And yeah, 44 opens with Hirobi messaging the world uh, about what Aruto has done, about Jin being dead, about the uprising. And people listen. Like, human gears like turn up and they like turn out and they're like, yeah. And we see Aruto freaking out in this wasteland of his own mind, being wrapped by Azu and just completely traumatized by like what's happened as well yeah as was so creepy like these last two episodes like she like yeah. full on went evil full on yeah and um that actor um don't have her name right here or no i do have her name right here is um noah surumia uh and damn did she like out of nowhere play a total villain <laughs> like a complete 180 and she's also new to acting i'm pretty sure so she just pulled that out of nowhere super last minute yeah Killed. she was born in, in in like 2001 what yeah oh my god i'm an old man jeez she was 18 when the show started and she pulled out two technically three amazing characters like if you want to like yeah really got it damn right that's impressive out of nowhere of azu but yeah and there's like a great scene of like a bunch of like custodian human gears like trying to talk to Aruto about like, oh, it's not true, right? Like you like love us and like 
care what happens, but he's so just freaked out and traumatized that like he can't even talk to them. And that's when the protests start. And man, <laughs> this episode, <laughs> I had some moments where I, I definitely like. It's kind of like when you're like hitting a speed bump that like you're not expecting and like you exactly. lose your breath. Exactly. It felt like that. Yeah. Felt like I was watching like the news. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and just um, Ames has always, and like in like a very early episode, like I said, this Ames has always kind of reminded me like a little bit of Ice as well, and just to see them going out with like their like weird super armor and like their weird like Metal Gear hoods and stuff, and just like trying to like stop riots with violence and mm-hmm. uh, like we start really in it, just like with like tons of human gears and just like immediately. There's armored police on them. Uh, uh. Were you shocked they're uh, protesting? I didn't even know that's going to happen on the show. Uh, I'm kind of surprised it didn't happen like sooner. But yeah, I guess just at this point they had to go all out with their message and their meeting and just have it all out there. Yeah, no time for subtlety left. Uh, and yeah, um, it kind of reminded me of like uh. It felt like it did the issue of like we're a minority, but we're also like a sci-fi thing. Yeah, I felt that too. Yeah, like X Men does it, but like this felt better than like a lot of X Men, honestly. Yeah, yeah, and um, it's just so clear that like they're like the working class, like the underbelly of like not the underbelly, but like the support structure of the world as well. Like here, just like seeing like these chefs and these like different roles and like just yeah um we get like a lot of small scenes for or, like a lot of characters like randomly we see like the vice president be comforted by like HN after he finds out like he has to comment on this and he's he's having one this episode he's like very clearly <laughs> stressed out and like beyond his limits this episode this was his dream <laughs> he wanted to be head of you know in an intelligence and he got it yeah. And like you was trying to help and um like there's like a fun scene where she has guy in her phone as Thouser, which I really like. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh just like man, Arto cannot see redemption at all though this whole episode. He's just kinda like, I I did it, I can't stop it. I can't do anything. I did it. Yeah. He full of remorse. But also hatred. Like he's like, Yeah, I I I fucked up and did the same thing, but I can't back down after yeah uh and man raiden how did they bring this character back after he'd been in one episode and died and make him like a poignant character yeah he definitely got a lot of more a lot more lines the last few episodes (laughs) he's at the spaceport and stuff and hanging out and just like he like confronts like hirobi too and like tries to break through to him and just he's done a great job for what seemed like the most throwaway member of like the villains that we really thought would be in like one or two episodes and like be done mm-hmm. I just need to really dig into what made me lose my breath in this episode and that was when one of the two Ames guys that like we've been slowly introduced to is like big important no name but like <laughs> they're like the important two Ames guys yeah the two guys <laughs> is has a human gear on his back and has his gun pointed down at him and is ordered to shoot. 
And I was like, I oh. said, oh shit. I literally like said that to myself. <laughs> like, wow. I I remember when this like kind of violence started happening at it was like what four episodes ago when the shooting on the roof. Yeah. And now we yeah. have this. I was like, wow, they're really like going all out with the the messaging. And just like it was so I was just with everything that's going on in the world, it's just like, oh wow, this is incredible. Uh, are they gonna do this? <laughs> uh but thankfully, um we get the moment with Yua who reveals that Ames is is now run by the government and the government doesn't kill people. Uh well <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly, yeah. Uh and she orders Abe's to back down, is trying to de-escalate things, and there's this great scene where um she gets hit on the head by one of the protesters who's like um a like cat maid and like I really like that touch actually because like it shows that like the kind of work that human gears are doing is also like demeaning in other ways besides just like labor. <laughs> like cat maid. <laughs> yeah, being like a talked to a certain way looked at a certain way or like touched a certain way like during work is also kind of not a, a great thing to have happen to you just like be like creative for that and that it's weird <laughs> but yeah um and we see that you is bleeding from her head but he she still like comforts this cat made like human gear and has people stand down and is able to like de-escalate that situation and it, it was kind of nice <laughs> honestly to see that happen yeah, I was glad it didn't go the opposite way. No, um, like it partially felt like a little naive, but also it was like, this is okay, okay. I can like <laughs> we could breathe, now. breathe a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> they're not gonna show a, a they're not gonna show this guy holding down a like human gear and shooting him in the back until he's dead. I'm okay, good. Yeah, I'm like, how are you gonna introduce this Williamson guy and then have him do this? And then I'm, I'm glad it didn't escalate. Okay, we in episode. Okay, <laughs> we need to talk about that in the next episode a bit. But <laughs> I was so sure that there's a scene where they introduce a character. I was so sure that that's the role that Williamson was going to be in. Okay, I can't wait to hear that. <laughs> yeah, he's just such a he's such a nothing weird character to introduce so late. But they needed to have a fulcrum for guy to turn. Yeah, good. So there needs to be like a higher authority. And yeah, um. That scene where Raiden is talking with Hirobi is intercut with with Fua trying to talk to Aruto, and they're both like making the points to their respective like uh, hatred filled like friends. Hey, you can't do this. You are letting your pain cause more pain exponentially. Like you're gonna hurt people. Like you're gonna start a war. You're gonna end life as we know it for people, and. Raiden kind of reaches there's this like <clears throat> cool recurring shot in these last two episodes of like somebody trying to punch either Hirobi or Aruto in the heart mm-hmm. and um Raiden can punch Hirobi but Fua can't punch Aruto and just <sighs> damn just the scene where like they're framed by the grass in the middle of this like big like um business park and like there's like only one small bit of green but they're not touching it and like Naki's there and then they like 
make their like appeal to Aruto, and then they throw their key to Fua. Just, mm, just like good filmmaking, good thematic shot composition. Great. Yeah, the symbolism was awesome. Usually, when a show ends, we get like the kind of last minute suit, like the, the Japanese like wolf suit. <laughs> yeah, you told me about that before this happened, so I was prepared. Yeah. Um, but no, just I really like the suit. Honestly, it's yeah. very cool. I was like, I wish we had more time to enjoy this, but it was, it was fun. Yeah, because Fua can't transform, but when Naki gives him their key, he can all of a sudden, and it's like this weird kit bash, like recoloring of like a salt wolf, and just I, I love the fight scene that happens though. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Like, what do you think of? Fua trying to fight Aruto here. Uh, I knew he didn't stand a chance, but uh, I just love how it was kind of like a role reversal, right? Like, pretty much Aruto became Fua and Fua became Aruto. Coming yeah. from, like, you know, how Fua was at the beginning of the show. It was, it was definitely good, good, uh, good writing on their part. And the way that you see that Aruto cares enough not to become the arc, but he's still, like, as Zero Two, like, walking forward slowly and dodging the punches from like Fua and not attacking back. <laughs> then he just had enough. <laughs> yeah. He's like, all right. And just um the way that like the form is unstable so Fua's in pain, but then like he does the finisher and like breaks the claw, but breaks the claw and still punches through. Just dodged everything. That's when um we see Arto is able to talk to the satellite like Zaya though and see his dad again one last time. I was not expecting personally, but yeah. And um we don't see all this conversation now, but um we do see that um is that like there's some conversation here and like there's like some just like important just you need to have more heart, not more power. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of that, that's when we see um you know, Roby gets a new driver, a new key, and a new form. <laughs> also, in the second last episode. And what do you think of <clears throat> the new form for Hirobi? And like, also like how the like last fight thing gets set up. I liked it a lot. I mean, I liked it a lot. Um, I was wasn't expecting an upgrade to be honest, but I wanted one because I'm like, how are you going to take on Aruto and his arc form as that? So I'm glad they gave it to him. But, uh, I mean, I'm a big Hirobi guy, but he was really, really annoying to me this episode. But the answers, or it pretty much paid off in the next episode. Um, mm-hmm. My answer, or my question was answered. And that was, why the hell can't Hirobi see that he started this? <laughs> I was so annoyed. I'm like, you keep blaming Naruto yeah. for killing Jin, but you kill U- Izu. I was so frustrated with this guy, but it was, it was later answered. So, I'm like, okay, they got me. There was one thing I didn't want to happen in the finale, and I'm so glad it didn't. I'm so glad that we didn't pull out and see and see that this was all a, a like simulation. I'm glad that oh that no. there were consequences, right? They would have did that. Oh my god, I'd have been so mad. No, what if like they pulled back and like it was like that was just my simulation. Like I'm Izu, also I'm your mom. Let's date. I'd have been like, ah, oh, don't or, do that to me. Or it could have still been like the end game situation <laughs> when when Ezu saw everything happen. Yeah, glad he didn't go that route. But yeah, they're restoring Jin to try and help. That's like a weird boot point for like forty four. But the fight, we 
we don't get the fight this episode, but we do get the setup, which is both Hirobi and Aruto transforming and like Hirobi's sword goes in the ground and turns into like a scorpion. And then like there's like black like uh, corruption ichor like all over the place as they're like transforming and there's like hatred, anger flashing everywhere and the like rooftop gets covered in weapons <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, they can fight like a graveyard of weapons. <laughs> Yes, my Kingdom Hearts stuff. Hmm. Uh, and yeah. How'd you feel watching the preview for the final episode? Because I had some feelings. I didn't watch it. I I, I avoided it. What were your feelings? Oh, okay. uh, it's just like a very... Um, I probably should have told you, but like the last, the last preview tends to be like a like emotional piece. Like that's just like, hmm. here's all the actors' faces and like what's going to happen to these characters kind of thing. Or oh, you don't really show <laughs> a preview at the next episode? No, not really. Okay. Um, they kind of did. So like, here are some spoilers. So, but yeah, uh, just like at that point, like I was just like watched episode one, like watch the second last episode, and, like I was like going right in, so I didn't care. But yeah, yeah. So now we're at the last episode of Hammer to Zero One, and just what was your feeling coming into this last episode, bro? Like, like I said, I wanted that to be fixed. Hirobi's, <laughs> um, pretty much not recognizing uh it's his fault but that fight i was so ready for that fight i actually watched them back to back last night so i didn't have to wait too long Mm -hmm. but uh yeah how about that no no uh opening that was crazy i was like oh we really getting into this yeah no time for it (laughs) time at all how about you going into the final episode yeah i was just very i wanted to see how they were going to stick the landing i wasn't sure um it just uh just I didn't know how they were going to do it because they cashed a big check. They have like written like a big check because like they've like, let's talk about like labor. Let's talk about humanity. Let's talk about anger and hatred. And they were like doing a lot with it, but it still had to reach like a satisfying ending. Like they built up a lot last episode. They didn't really resolve anything. So just like, like things are at like the tippy top of like expectations that come into this. And yeah, there's no opening just some scenes of like riots and police and that kind of stuff. And yeah, the fight, it's so good. (laughs) It's just so like impactful. They're using every single power, every single weapon. They're like clashing weapons and breaking both weapons and just like absolutely like destroying each other too. Yeah. Some of my favorite, uh, parts of the fight was, uh, when Aruto kind of like did like the shining hopper kind of like block. Yeah. I also like when Hirobi was like doing his like infinity scorpion strike and he was just weaving through it. I like that part a lot too. Because they're both like what? Super predictive, super fast, have like special laser things that can come out and like their arbor can like transform and they have like flame and ice attack. They have like so much going on. It's like, okay, this is like the like very end, just throw everything. Yeah, it kind of reminded me like a of a DBZ or Naruto fight. I'm like, oh, this is like, yeah, this is like really good. It's like countering in the air combos and stuff. I'm like, oh wow, great stuff. There's probably it's like I don't want to say it's like the Naruto Sasuke last fight just because like his name's Aruto, but it was. Yeah, it was like a lot yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, it was like that. And um, in the fight, fucking Azu again. She's been popping up and like was in like last episode more just like putting her arms on Aruto and holding him from behind and being like all creepy and like washed out with like just like red lips. But here we see her like 
the fight kind of takes a turn towards like Hirobi winning. And then from like the arc void comes Jin. Mm-hmm. And she's and she's spooked. He's like, where'd you come from? <laughs> At first, I didn't quite understand, but it seemed like Aruto's plan was to die in retribution for killing Jin to make Hirobi realize that like he had a heart and everything was okay. Yeah. And then it becomes clear that this is all like to try and make Hirobi like realize that like he has a heart and pain. And what do you think of the, uh, the first fight ends with the white belt being destroyed and like Aruto being like fucked up and everything, but like talking to Hirobi. And what do you think about their conversation though, about heart and pain and all that? Cause like, Hirobi is pissed off first. Like, why? Like, like, why do you stop the fight? Everything like we have to finish this, and then they have this like really heartfelt conversation. Yeah, it was super, super deep, and it kind of hit home because like we, me and one of my good friends right now are kind of having like a petty battle and argument, and then like the whole message behind it was just like let it go. You know what I mean? Like, and the symbolism of Aruto letting go of Izu's ribbon was pretty much just like. Yeah. You know, like to move forward, you just gotta let go sometimes, and you know, leave things in the past. And it it was definitely deep, and it hit home for me. How'd you take it? Yeah, there's two things I love in the Kamen Rider, and it's um when they could be transformed, but they're not, and just beating the shit out of each other. And there's when they're transformed, but like it shows them not transformed to be like vulnerable and people, and just their whole conversation is basically Roby is just so terrified. Of this strange thing, which is caring and having a heart, and like that's real true. <laughs> like, who hasn't been terrified about like caring for something and like not wanting that to be hurt? And like Hirobi coming to terms with being a dad right as his son is killed in front of him—that's a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, and I like how he, I like how it finally came together. Like I said before, like he just like it—it it was because of me. I'm like yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm like yes. And just to see him, like, kind of like, oh, my God, like, just to realize it. And that's also part of his uh, yeah. singularity. And it's, it's just great character development. And they're crying and they're bleeding to shit. Like, Arto looks so fucked up. Yeah. It looks real bad. Of And what well, one point, I didn't actually realize until this episode that I guess Roby did kill Arto's dad, too. Oh, wow. I didn't. Thanks for sharing that. I didn't even realize that. Wow. Yeah, they um like show when Hirobi's saying, um, oh yeah, and I like killed your family too. And it shows yeah, his dad dying okay. and Isu dying. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. I forgot that he made the yeah, explosion when like daybreak happened. <laughs> yeah. That's true. <laughs> uh, yeah. Aruto had every right to like not necessarily kill Jin, but to, to try to kill Hirobi. Yeah. Jin just sacrificed himself for his father. And you see Azu's face falling. At the same time that they're getting ready to fight again. And I guess um Zero Two can also 3D print the Zero One driver. And Arto gets like a special key that's like a um <laughs> miracle. It's called like realizing hopper. It's another contender for his final form. It's just <laughs> shining up or like rising hopper, but super powered <laughs> and special words when it when he transforms. And yeah, I saw somebody already debating and saying it wasn't a suit, it was just an upgrade. So I don't know, really know like the whole politics that go into final forms, but I did see that. <laughs> there are people that'll say it's Mel Cluster, it's zero two. So what would you say final form is? Arc one or final suit? It's zero two. 
I thought yeah. I, I thought realizing Hopper was a, was an upgrade too, because um, you definitely want to have the show end off where it started. That's what I thought they were trying to get at. And honestly, um, both the first and last episode have a fight scene that like resumes with a song start playing, and when it picks up and you hear like it's like the um, it's like the opening like realize mm-hmm. and they start fighting again. Ah. But this time, like they're both like bloody and crying, but like. They don't have hate in their eyes as, as they start fighting again. That was awesome. Yeah, well, and it was awesome that final kick. I forgot to say that. That now I get it. Like Carmen Rider, that kick, bro. Like I'm starting. Yeah. I'm starting to learn, bro. I'm like, oh, I get it. I get it now. Damn, Hirobi looks so relieved as they go to fight again, and they like transform. He just looks like a changed person as they're going to kill each other. Yeah, he does. Uh, um. A rider kick to the sky turns to take off towards a dream, which is kind of a mouthful. That's what the key says. Um, and I love how they both um, punch each other in the heart like their friends weren't able to do to them earlier in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, just um, they have their big like, I'm dodging your scorpion attacks and we're like punching each other. Then we see once again the final kick and just oh, it's so good um and Hirobi is wondering why didn't you kill me as he's sitting there with his belt destroyed and like Aruto um like ends the fight and just uh, I love that Hirobi wanted to be killed but he didn't need to be told why he didn't get killed there well, mm-hmm. that fight was over but just uh what a great ending scene of like them on the rooftop all destroyed and like they're and they're both like super fucked up and just man they did a great job of like uh the arc of Hirobi. yeah and then be like pressed for time like with the whole covid thing and trying to like yeah. hit the drawing boards and trying to stick the landing and um i just wonder how this show would have ended if they had more time to like actually you know uh you know have more episodes in between um at times these two episodes felt a little rushed and I'm like, okay, I see them trying to like, you know, piece things together. But for what they came up with, it, it came out pretty well. I was happy with Andy. Yeah, me too. Um, they did a great job. Um, I was not expecting it to land like this, just given time crunch. There's some conversation from like directors and producers about this show, how it was intended. I didn't look at that. Cause like it came on my feed, like <laughs> before I'd watched the episode. Oh, okay. so I was like, I can't look at this, but did you get a chance to go back and read it or no? Um, the arc was supposed to come in later and they were going to do more with the members of Metsubo Jinra mm-hmm. and like a little bit more with like Guy. But I think it, um, it worked out, I think, honestly. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I did see that Azu was pretty much a creation from the pandemic and I thought, yeah. it, I thought it came out fine. Yeah, it, it worked. Um, hell of a job. By the actor, honestly, <laughs> that's that's crazy that you're like 19 and you're <laughs> making a second like really important character. Yeah, she literally became the villain for like a whole two weeks there. Yeah. And um, I can't know. Um, I think that ultimately, like it helped the show, I think, to have to change like that. And like it like makes it more memorable to me that it like does have that pace at the end and that like weird gap. But. <clears throat> Yeah, we may it, have we may yeah. not have gotten that uh that protest if it wasn't for probably the pandemic. not. You know what I mean? Like that probably came out of seeing what's going on over here. 
Yeah. And like things change with like as they're getting ready to write, but that was just like a a major change. It felt like just from seeing like what was going on and having space. Um, I think that you couldn't have a show not be fucked up this year, though. <laughs> That's true. Like, I get that, like, a lot of our issues are, like, American issues, but a lot of them aren't. Mm-hmm. A lot of them aren't. Uh, but no. Um, then we get the prologue. Or the epilogue, I guess. Um, and we get to, like, check in on each character, and I, like, appreciate that they spend the time on this. Like, there's part of me that was, like, this has to be over. There can't be time to, like, check in on everyone, but there was in small moments. Um, yeah, I needed that, man. I didn't want it to end like that. I needed the little, ch- whatever they've been up to. Yeah. <laughs> or what's their futures? I love that part. We see that the secretary Izuki cannot be read, and that's, like, a bittersweet moment for, like, Aruto. And we see that, like, Raiden and, like, his brother are going into space as they're making more satellites <laughs> for Human Gears. Mm. Which is great. Yeah. Um, Guy has a new belt and an army of dogs that he's motivationally speaking to. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What was the name of it? Thouser what? I forget. Oh, like Thouser Inc. or something? I'm not sure. We see um, Yua has control of Ames with a new recruit, Daki. I was like, that's weird, but that's cool, I guess. Yeah, uh, I think you called that one. Last pod, her becoming the the leader of uh, Ames. Yeah, I didn't think that Naki would join. They didn't seem like it was that's true what they were there. But hey, cool. Uh, that, it's fine. <laughs> and there's this small like mini speech of like we need to not discriminate. That way we could all become common riders. That I didn't quite follow. Mm-hmm. It felt good maybe for kids to hear in 2020, but it didn't quite make sense to me. But <laughs> uh, and there's a scene where I thought it was going to be Jin, but it's actually like Fua. Where he punches a car's window, then rips the door off to save a woman who, like, was driving next to a warehouse and crashed, I guess. What was that about? Like, is he, like, a superhero now? I was kind of confused about that. That was weird to me, but... <laughs> okay. I thought I was only... I'm like, should I say this on the pod? But I was... That kind of caught me off guard. Yeah, that was a little weird to be like... Like, his whole line, like, I'm, like, fool like a topic. Like, I'm a comic writer. Yeah. I'm, I'm here like, to save you. Okay. What I wanted to happen for him, bro, like... What happened to, like, him going to check in on his family? You know what I mean? Like, he could have, like, reunited with his family or just like, hey, I'm still alive. <laughs> but we didn't get that. That was, I feel like that was a missed opportunity. That's maybe something we might have gotten with more episodes. Like, yeah, if we're being honest. That's true. We see that Jin has a new body as he's going to talk to her, uh, to Hirobi, who has reformed Metsubo Jinra, but to, like, protect the world against, like, malice and Roby gets a new fit here, and he looks good. Yeah, I like it a lot. He looks like a samurai. Yeah. And he also got, like, the new style Huma Gear ears, too, so he's an upgraded Huma Gear, too, I guess. Mm-hmm. And Jin calls him dad, and he <laughs> pretends not to love it as he smiles. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, that's exactly what we need. <laughs> that was cool. Then we got the, the most awkward bit. Oh, boy. We gotta talk about this one. Yeah, uh, can you tell me what happened uh, on that rooftop with the new character? <laughs> Some random guy gets a driver like his death note. <laughs> He's like, what's this? I'm like, what is this death note? Like, And then uh, like, Azu turns into a Shinigami. I'm so confused by it. I need you to help me out. Okay. I felt like I was watching death note. 
So when um shit, what's his name? Is it um Williamson? Yeah, Williamson. I forgot the rest of his name, but um his <laughs> um when he showed up as the new like regional leader of like Zaya, I was like, okay, he's gonna be or he was supposed to be like the villain of the movie. And usually what'll happen is like as the movie comes out late series, it'll be like episode forty three or forty four, there's like a fun cameo by this character who's in one scene. Mm-hmm. They didn't really have time for that, <laughs> so they just have a scene at the end where I guess like we want to know what Azur's up to. If she's still around, and can like create uh, different <laughs> arcs. I guess she just <laughs> hands this random dude in this suit on a rooftop a like new belt and a new key, and he's like, "I'm gonna turn." What does he even say? <laughs> I don't know, bro. Uh, uh- it was so random that I was just like, what? Yeah, um, he proclaims his wish to destroy the current world to build a paradise on Earth. Yeah. Uh, it's just like how Naruto or or like One Piece or like <laughs> Dragon Ball have a movie where like a village shows up and they have to have some grandiose stuff to matter, but they don't actually matter to the overall plot. Okay. That's it. Um, he's Comrade Eden, apparently. Uh, and his suit's cool enough. It's like a pink and purple, like glowing suit. It's fine. It's it, it's nothing. <laughs> it's just like okay, they had to remember to highlight this movie that they suddenly last minute hadn't done any promotion for. Don't know when it's coming out, but and yeah, that her outfit change is weird too. Like you said, <laughs> I was not expecting that at least. <laughs> uh, and um, one thing that um didn't happen, which usually happens, or half to like two thirds of time happens at the end of like a like common writer show is they'll have like a cameo of the next writer so sometimes it's like hokey it's like like one year for example a character got knocked out then they dreamed that they were in a forest and the new writer showed up and saved them from like a bunch of their enemies (laughs) okay Um, yeah what i was thinking would happen is like somebody would be like walking by a bookstore and ask somebody for a book, and then like it would be like the main character from next year. Like that's like what I uh, thought the cameo would be. Yeah, like <clears throat> I thought this guy on the roof was going to be part of Saber. That's what I initially thought. Cause yeah, uh, I I got to the part where I'm, I'm passing out the part in game when they introduced Kakaider, which I thought was dope because you put me on Kakaider before. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, is this a way that you know this show introduces characters or villains in the next show? But uh, I it didn't feel right to me so i'm glad you brought that to my attention so game gets introduced actually um 50 episodes 52 and 53 of the previous show wizard um they were like set in the middle of the show but like aired after the finale of like the actual plot and they were just like this dude shows up that's like taking all the powers of the comic riders then like a dimensional portal opens and like coda hops in and saves them all and then like he and Wizard, like, defeat this guy. Okay. Like, that's what happens there. Like, that's, like, the kind of stuff. It's like, oh, a random cameo, or, like... Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, that Kickator thing is so weird. That's the only... There's two episodes <clears throat> of Gabe that don't really make any sense. That's okay. one of them. There's another one coming up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's a, it's really weird. And uh, if, if you want to, there's a a like spring special crossover between it and the currently airing Sentai. That's like a 
lead up to to the big team up movie where like <laughs> there's this great scene of like Takator is like taking like a like business call about like a mech fight going on outside and he's like <laughs> stop wasting my time <laughs> there's no giant train outside and like he keeps turning around and like just barely missing it <laughs> that's funny uh but yeah um there's still like a little bit more here though after the weird tease for the movie so what a weird but um yeah they have a new izu mm-hmm. what do you think about this i liked it man i definitely wanted her to come back and there's no Aruto without Izu. And uh, I did like how they brought her back without her memory because I was the one that was pretty much saying, like, I don't understand, like, why we're sad about Izu being gone because they could bring her back, which they did. But they brought her back as a different Izu. You know what I mean? A different person. Yeah. 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 So the way that they did it, I, I, I like that more than how they just were bringing back people with memories. Yeah. And she just... She's going to be different, have reactions. Like, that's something I'm really interested to see, like, when they do the movie or the crossover movie of Saber or the Kamen Rider Vulcan special movie they'll do in, like, a year or whatever, you know? Like, I'm interested to see, like, how that character, like, navigates. It's got to be, it's, like, a nice, like, getting a puppy after the dog dies moment, but it's also going to be, like, interesting because <laughs> yeah. people have expectations of who Izu is, too. That's, like, a cool character dynamic. Yeah, I did see uh, on a blog somewhere that someone said that there is a, a few chances to bring back the real Izu, and that's through the movies, like somehow being able to get her memory back through like either. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. It was cool to see him like reminisce about the old Izu, though, and like trying to teach her how to like, <laughs> and that's a show by a rube. Like, no, you're doing it too fast. That was, that was, that was cool. I like that a lot. No, that was like the best way to end it, to be like, okay... There's still happiness, but it's not the same, which is a cool, like, post-war, post-violence, like, post-hatred method to say, like, hey, things will be a different kind of all right, but they can still be all right. There's still pain there, but there's still loss, but yeah. Yeah, and I was, ha- and I was hoping for a, a happy ending. I didn't really see this one ending on a, on a sad note, which was still kind of sad because it's not necessarily the real issue, but I'll take it. No, a lot of these shows get intense in like the last act and they have like a lot of stuff happened. We honestly didn't lose that many people. I thought we'd lose more characters. Um yeah, tell me about it with game. I was surprised by some some of the stuff that's happened on that show. Yeah, you're I'm like, like oh. mid thirties right now, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh but um and just uh I really do enjoy that like a lot of these shows do have that like melancholic like they're still like it's not the same kind of like the bittersweet ending like it's like a not too uncommon there's never like a fully happy ending with Kamen Rider but yeah uh that's Kamen Rider Zero One (laughs) wow what a journey man that was a journey thank you for uh for coming on this ride with me anytime bro well how about two weeks from now with another show that we (laughs) don't know if it's gonna be any good (laughs) Bro, we gotta hop on a whole new show. Right? I'm just nervous. I'm not gonna like it. I'm nervous, man. Oh, me too. I'm so nervous. I can like it. I'm so nervous that that little trailer. I was not feeling that at all. Yeah. And you, you guys know I'm gonna keep it 100 with you guys no matter what. I was not feeling that teaser. But hey, I didn't necessarily love Zero One at the beginning, so it could win me over. 
But great start for the Ray Ray era, though. Great start. Yeah, great. It's like super intense, super basic, super like well done. I'm excited for like the crossover movie and stuff and like the main movie, but yeah, just a great start. Like you can't take that away with like every with everything that happened as well. <laughs> just like to do something so well, like so simply. We should like start maybe not a drinking game because that would be unhealthy, but like if we start to not like saber, just something to <laughs> ease the pain. <laughs> I don't know. Oh man, I'm super nervous, bro. <clears throat> but we'll figure this out. Every time you see a book, take a shot. <laughs> Every oh, time there's a books. sword, take a shot. Books, books, books. <laughs> Look, I've only not, I've only strongly disliked, even then, strong. Okay, I've only strongly disliked one writer show of the last twenty one, including zero one, and I haven't like watched three total. But there's only one that I really like didn't like very strongly <laughs> mm-hmm. so our chances are good that it's going to be at least all right if not if not as good as zero one which it's a tough thing to do when like it was our first show that we looked at like this you know yeah and this one started during a pandemic so it's probably harder to start one and during a pandemic than end it yeah but uh i do like that as weapons based i do like that and like Saber, I think, has a lot to overcome being like a fantasy big CG like series. Comrade does not do fantasy a lot. Uh, so there's a lot going against it, but we'll try and keep it up in mind. But we are officially both nervous, I think. <laughs> uh, but what are your uh, final thoughts right now on Comrade Zero One? Uh, um, final thoughts. Uh, I love the ending, as you guys know already. and. Man, to just be introduced to Toku around this time last year and to watch, <laughs> what was this, 45 episodes of it and a couple movies here, check in on Kamen Rider, uh, other series, and just start watching game. It's just like, it's crazy, man. Like, I didn't even know this existed before Kip introduced it to me, uh, you know, uh, a year ago. And here I am now, <laughs> you know. Uh, and I will always remember Zero One just because of that. That's what I was trying to get at. I will always remember Comrade Zero One for intru- introducing me to Tokatsu, and it is dear to my heart. How about you? Yeah, um, a lot's changed in a year. Not just the bad stuff; like there's good stuff too. Um, the Ultraman comic coming out, like all the stuff's streaming that wasn't like yeah, and just damn, it's been a year for Toku and like a year for us, and just uh, it's been. A wild ride. Uh, I never had issues with Zero One. Like, uh, not that like you need to go to like the first couple episodes that we did and see what I was thinking. But uh, <laughs> I feel like I never hated Zero One. Like the whole time I was like, okay, this is a competent copywriter show. It has like cool themes and ideas. But it just kept going and going, and like it had multiple points where it had an ending. Remember, like when they killed Jin. Remember when mm-hmm. he lost hidden like intelligence, and the show kept on going with new arc. And just this show really uh, just I love that it never lost sight of what it wanted to do about like humanity and labor and like what made somebody human and worthy of like love and, and like respect. And I love that it kept reinventing itself and it like really is just uh, the most resilient and like I think um, necessary and like modern show it could have been and like i really like appreciate it like it just like did a great job of like 
maybe even having to deal with more of its themes than it wanted to with the year we've been having too. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I hate to say it, it's say it, but I think we're closing the book and going on to a next chapter and swords. Uh, that's all the themes come our saber, right? <laughs> we're going to love it. We're going to love it. Let's be positive about this. Get the, yeah, we're going to love it. We're figured out. No, we're like leaving middle school. We're going to high school. It's going to be great. It'll be awesome. <laughs> but no, um, <clears throat> when you're not reminiscing on a year of work and thinking about how you've uh, engaged with a like new genre and helped open people to your journey with that new genre themselves, where can they find you, James? <laughs> you can find me at PopCoatNet on Instagram. Facebook and Twitter. Where can they find you, kid? You can find me um, on twitter.com at James Forge. You can find the podcast um, at Common Ride With Me, commonridewithme.com, and send in questions to podcast at commonridewithme.com. Now, every week we kind of try and think on a call to action, good or bad, but this week I think we have one. And um, I'll tell James it real fast and then we'll say it together for you. And, uh, it's probably it has to be watch Common Rider and start a podcast. Hey, there we go. I love that one. <laughs> watch, watch Common Rider and start, start a, podcast. a podcast. There we go. <laughs> oh, that was great, man. That was a good episode. Great, great, great. Man, it's over, huh? <laughs> <laughs>